Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst. The trailer looking at Billy Bones. A Paolo Gagano. West Ham Good morning, good afternoon, all good evening. This is more than just a podcast. We lost 4 1. <laughs> There's no George tonight. There's no George tonight for the podcast. I'm still podcast. waiting for a podcast. Podcast. Excellent season, <laughs> season seven, episode twenty-eight. As he's already said, no George tonight. He's got a bad back. Uh, get well soon, George. From all of us at More Than Just a Podcast, which includes John. Good evening, John. Where are you? What are you Good doing? Evening. I am in my loft, and I am talking to you, and looking forward to it. Is it snowing where you are? It is snowing. Yes. Is it snowing Good. where you are? It is known where I am. Uh, Shepman, what are you doing? Where are you? I'm not in my shed tonight. Why is that? Is it too cold? Too cold out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit in the is kitchen. It, is I it think. snowing in deepest, darkest Essex? No, it's not. No? No. Has no, it been snowing? It's not. We've had it, but it's gone. But it might be back later. Anyway, stop talking about the weather. It's not a weather port, uh, um, forecast or podcast, podcast even. Shots. Podcast, yeah. Podcast, uh, yeah. yeah, fine. We're here to talk about West Ham United, and we're going to start talking about West Ham 1 or Liverpool 4, West Ham 1. That wasn't a great result, was it, John? Uh, no, it wasn't, Sean. It wasn't a great result. It wasn't a great we, performance. And we only had 32% well. of the possession. Uh, they had obviously 68. We had seven shots, four on target. They had a massive 21, 13 on target. Discuss, John. Where, where did it all go wrong? Um, well, I suspected it wasn't going to be very easy within like the first few minutes when Salah went through the whole of us and pretty much you know, hit the post, didn't he? And I thought, mm, this is going to be tough. Uh, we seem to get it together a bit better. Then we just, yeah, they just outdid us top to bottom. They were much better than us. I was surprised at the team that was picked. I was surprised that Hernandez didn't get a start. 
I would be dropping Mario if everyone's fit now, seeming that he's not staying to the end of the season. Um, yeah, that was it was just not Moise very out, good, then. was it? Uh, no, out. no, I'm not saying Moyes out. I just uh, there's probably other things he probably signed and he's got to play or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it's, it's hard to know where you protest people, so I always like to you know find out where we stand. No, I wouldn't like to be. I don't like to jump too soon, Sean. Unlike you did, you know, on various <laughs> occasions. But um, yeah, we just wasn't. We they were just much better than us, weren't they? Let's face it. And you know, in the sad thing is, it wasn't that long ago that we were competing with them, were we? We had a, the, the last season at the bowling. We were, we had played them three or four times, didn't we? And we'd done all right against them. And now they've well, come good though on Salah. I mean, they've, they've got well, a gem of a player. Proper, proper investment and proper management, isn't it? A million miles um, away. From but us. they have got they've got one of those players of the season, haven't they? And and their form, you know, going into this was big. I mean, if we expect anything from it, I mean, my view, and I'm gonna come to Nigel in a minute, is you know we did very well. I mean, as I think you said on the WhatsApp group, John, you know the the corner um, looked. Um, a foul to begin with, and maybe they shouldn't have got it to get the first goal. But before that, um, an out of itch obviously hit the post. It, it looked like it was going in. So it was a game of inches, as we say. And, and who knows if the game had changed. Say, we held on. Sorry? You say. It's what you say, a game of inches. Right. I say it's a game of inches. Yeah, not many people. At, at half time, it was still one. <laughs> one at half time, it was one nil. And we did very well to hang on. And of course, again, another cliche. We're doing cliches again this week. It's a game of two halves. And they just stepped up a gear and we had no answer. Whether selection, Frank Lampard said on match of the day that it was too aggressive set up and we should have put 11 men behind the ball. Um, do you get him right? Um, do you do you, uh, agree with Frank Lampard, Nigel? How did you see the game? No, I don't agree with Lampard. Listen, I've gone there, seen us defend and get beat. So I've always think Liverpool away is not a free hit, but it's always a game where when you only win there once in 50-odd years, you're not going to get much. To, so why not go there and have a go? And if you get beat, you get beat. I, you know, there were signs there that actually against some of the lesser teams, we'd have got points out of that. At the end of the day, their, their front three is awesome. So, and it's no surprise that they all scored. So, I don't see what the problem is. We, we, we've been beat by Liverpool. Well, I suppose as long as we don't go down on goal difference. As long as it doesn't come down oh, to goal difference. Because if we go down on one or two goal difference... Then we began, well, it wasn't so much of a free hit after all. No, no, I still... Yeah, but if you go down, it's over a season, not because we got beat 4-1 by Liverpool. Bearing in mind we got beat 4-1 at home, did we not? Yeah, yeah, that's not... So... Is there anything you would have done different if you were in charge? Would, would you, with the people available, would you have... Um, no, I actually think he put did out the a right different thing. thing. No, all this moaning about Hernandez, that weren't a game for Hernandez to be up front. That was a game made for um, Arnautovic to do what he did. To Arnautovic will run and run. And, and dropping Antonio as well? Well, Antonio's just come back from injury. You can't keep playing him because you're going to knacker him out again. He's got to be brought in. I thought he'd done the right thing. He brought him on. We got a goal back. Spoiled my bet. But still, 
<laughs> Thanks for yeah. that. You want to tell the listeners what, what, what your bet was? Well, all right, I'll admit it. Betting against I'll your go. own team. Bet with on. your head, not with your heart. I was cheering for West Ham, but if we did happen to lose 4 0, I would have cashed in. <laughs> but we didn't. We lost 4 1. Thanks. That's why he didn't want Hernandez on, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that's, yeah. that's not... So I, I would have started Hernandez and brought a night of each behind him a bit in this game and put him sort of packed in the midfield. I've seen Mario, that Mario, he, he's he's got something about him, but he, he's just he's just not there yet, is he? He doesn't look sharp. It, and it just seems pointless now if we've got players back fit. They should be... You know, players that are our players and are staying at our club and are fighting for a cause, you should, you should sort of take him out of the firing line a bit. So I, yeah. I would, you know, Lanz- I know he played Lanzini, but, you know, like you say, Antonio Hernandez and his players, I would have had, if he wants to go for it, go for it with the players, you know, that are there yeah, fighting for the cause. Um, yeah. And look, we were never going to, beat properly. Liverpool are in the form Didn't of their season at the moment and they went second and yeah. if an interesting thing and I was saying this to one of you two or mate no both of you on the WhatsApp group earlier I was talking about if you look at the table right now if you look at the, all the teams with money so I'm talking about Man City Man United Chelsea um, Liverpool Arsenal and Spurs the top six the traditional top six if you look at them they have all got positive goal difference in the table at the moment I think the minimum one's got 15 and do you know outside of those top six everybody has got negative goal difference and that tells the story it's still about the yeah, money I think that's been the way no, a lot no, it's still been about, the way that way for years well apart from the Leicester season it's gone back normal money and you, you picked up another thing on the WhatsApp group which was it's there's only a certain number of points, but the resting the rest fourteen in the table because the the TV money of at least a hundred million has normalised the rest of the division. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. On my paraphrasing, no, that, that's, that's what I no. believed for a while. That um, outside of the top six now, where there you would say there used to be three divisions in the Premier League and we would be in the middle division. Now that's just merged into one. There's seventeen points between bottom yeah. and seventh. And I think if Man City win yeah. their game in hand, there's 16 points between second and first. So, and every every team's got £100 million in the bank or is fighting to keep hold of that. So, therefore, if you look at the points, that's why basically everyone from 11th downwards could be argued that they're in, in a relegation battle. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Swansea, must win game, Nigel? No, must not lose game. But even if we do lose, I don't John. think we're done. I'm not a doom merchant, not everyone okay. thinks. John, 10 games left, must win game against Swansea? Uh, it's, it's up there, isn't it? It's, uh, I would, you know, just from a personal point of view, I'd like to have it as a win, so it just uh, doesn't... Do you think they should like, trot out the old awesome. save our season message? So, Save yeah, our season. That went down well, didn't it? That, that was a good end. Yeah. Anyway, so. uh, let's move on. On the running order. A loss is a loss. We all expected it. Let's hope we can pick our game up for Swansea. Um, obviously, in the news, a lot is the March um, and the West Ham United group. Because uh, it's it's a number of groups now, not just the real West Ham fans. Obviously, well publicised. They had a meeting 
uh, we won't go through it because it's it's been well publicised on KUMB, etc. Waiting for the official minutes coming out. Uh, today it's been announced. There's a five thousand letter, uh, sorry, five thousand word reply, and they're meeting again this evening. Um, but maybe a slight distraction to all this talk of marching and protest was the banner, um, the banner that compared Adolf Hitler to what the board did. Was was it a step too far, John? Uh, I, you know, it was ill-advised, but not a step too far. Um, people have just take these things so much out of context, I believe. You know, we used to be able to, you know, have a bit of gallows humour and a bit of stupidness, but you, you're not anymore. I'm sure these people didn't intend to make any comparisons to what things have, people have accused them of making the comparisons to and offence to. It's just, uh, you know, it could have been phrased better. Well, maybe it was just a publicity stunt. Nigel, you're an EastEnder. Uh, you call us Mockneys. Did it, was it a step too far for you? Or was it? Is it just a, a, a publicity stunt that is just gone wrong? It don't sit right with me. I must admit, um, it's hard to explain. I, I remember asking my mum why we never had any photographs of my grandparents from before the war. So a lot of families, you see, they do their family history, and you have photographs of when they were kids. And my mum says, "Well, they were bombed out five times." <laughs> And they lost everything. <laughs> so they had to start again. So And they were the lucky ones because they lived. So, I, I, yeah. I mean, I see someone on Twitter complaining. And they actually said, I can't remember, it was a young kid. He said, oh, you know, defending it, saying, you know, show me. Because we all know the bowling got it by a bomb. He said, oh, show me a building yeah. big enough, uh, bigger than the bowling grand that got, that got damaged. Well, you know, I know the story about Hallsville Junior School, uh, which yeah, yeah. You want to tell the story so for people? So who basically, don't know? first day of the Blitz, September the ninth or eighth, whatever it was, early September nineteen forty. First day of the Blitz, Canning Town gets hit bad because we're by the docks, and it was the main area that was targeted. Yeah. A lot of people that got bombed out, obviously, there was unexploded bombs. So a lot of people had to move out of houses that weren't bombed. And they got put into a holding centre. And, and this, this school, quite a large school, was where they held the people. Now, what happened was, the, the story goes round that uh, no one come and got them out. They were supposed to be bussed out. There's a rumour that the buses went to Camden Town, not Canyon Town. But the people were stuck there. A lot of people were stuck there for three days. While the blitz is still going on every night. And basically, the third day, still a lot of people stuck there. They took a direct hit from a bomb. Now, officially, it was 70 people were killed. And it got proven years later that nearly 600 people, maybe more, were in that. And that the government was so desperate to hide the fact that they even filled the crater in and just left the dead bodies, filled them in, left them there. And that's the story. Now, bearing in mind, that's half a mile from Thames Ironworks land or where the Thames Ironworks. Yeah. It's, it touches a nerve for me. You know, I could understand it's 70 mm. years ago. People don't understand. But for me personally, if they'd have said, you know, Golden Sullivan had done more damage to the bowling ground than Golden Sullivan, 
then yeah, I'll go with that all day long. But to say they damaged the East End more than Hitler, then I can't agree with that. And it, and it's and the Independent went too stupidly going on about oh anti-Semitism and all that and our Jewish owners. You know, I don't. Yeah, they said they said yeah, Sullivan. Well, not, even David Gold's not Jewish because to be proper Jewish, your mum's got to be Jewish for a start, yeah. and David Gold's mum ain't Jewish. Yeah. So this without going down no. that road, but yeah, the, the sentimentality behind the message, perhaps it was foolish, and that's the only criticism I give. But I will yeah. point out to people when they go, "Oh, it's this, it's that." No, people really did lose their lives around that area. So yeah. Well, Bobby Moore, I, I was watching a program about Bobby Moore on his anniversary of his death. And his mother and his, his auntie says, on the day he was born, in uh, Waverley Close, he was, his mother went to hospital. And Waverley Gardens, they're bringing him back to Waverley Gardens. And when they got there, they were bombed out. The windows are gone. The ceilings are collapsed. And she had to go, Doris, I think his mother's name is, had to go the other side of Barking. Um, so it affected a lot of people, but the the people making the banner probably didn't think about it. But unfortunately, it's that that gets picked up in the headlines. Another headline from West Ham, and it's that that maybe divides the fans as well. When it, really they should be united. Well, it's just easy together. picking, isn't it? It's just so but, they. It's anything that's of a negative and derogatory that people pick up on. You know, it wasn't bright. It wasn't clever. It was ill, Ill, Ill informed and sort of could have been done in so many different ways, but, you know, it gets so blown up, doesn't it, out of proportion. And it's just, well, pardon, pardon the pun. What next? What next for the West Ham? We're waiting for them to publish a letter. I think they still plan to march in March. Are you still marching, John? Well, yeah, I think if, like, whatever happens, the march has got to happen, I believe, is because yeah. you still need a show of... of well, they'd lose What it's going to happen, I don't know. I mean, yeah. the meeting happened. We've heard so many different stories about the meeting. Uh, we don't know what's in this letter. We're yet to see what the responses are. But, you know, it, the meet, the march should... We agreed, I think, we all agreed on here that we're not likely to get board change as such. So what we want are changes and compromises so if this is the beginning of that, then all we'll, we'll good power to their elbows. You know what I mean? Well, they, 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 that's the some compromise. You don't write a a five thousand word letter with nothing in it, so there must be some. I see KUMB wrote something today, so I assume it's well, it is. It's some um, Graham Howlett who who went to the or the beginning of the five hour meeting, um, and he says at the end, and I'm quoting: "Although supporters have cited many different individual reasons." for attending the protest, all those in attendance at next month's peaceful parade will be marching under a general banner of no confidence in West Ham's united current board, which stands accused of gross mismanagement of the club, both on and off the field. Here, here, I agree. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Nigel? the thing is, if that... that I've, I've sat on the fence, sort of, because I don't see what it's going to achieve. I did my shit five years ago, six years ago, and got no thanks for it. So, bitter, maybe. Wish these people had done it five, six years ago, and we might not have been in this mess, definitely. So, uh, for me, the march was no-no. Now, if 
the march had always just been about that, I probably would go. But I, but there's so many different factions with so many different reasons for marching. Yeah. That you know, I just thought, uh, it's, uh, as I said, I did my stuff five six years ago. I'm, I, I know it's no secret. I'm no lover of the board. I never have been. I probably never will be. Um, they do things right. They do a lot of things wrong, and the, the club's in a mess because of their doing. I just I wish they would admit that. That's what I'd like to see. Then finally admit that all the crap that they told years ago was crap. They don't seem to have a clue, though, do they? They don't seem They've, to realise. It's but that's why it, 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 it took five years for this to build up, five, six years to build up to this Edistine. It was always going to happen because they couldn't deliver on the rubbish that they said. And I'm afraid they've got to, yeah. they've got to just suck it up. If they don't want to go, fine. See if you can ride it out. But the, the worst thing that for me is, is the damage that's being done to the club. And I'm not going to criticise the Will Fans group for protesting or whatever, because I think it is necessary in a way. The damage is being done by the owners, and that's what I've always said was if they were real fans, they would see the damage they've done and they would step aside. They would realise that the only way for the club to heal is for us to go. But, but instead of that, I, I but instead of that, you get Brady, I would imagine, being in that meeting fighting her corner and sort of just not having anything they're saying, you know? Yeah, because... So it'd be really interesting to see what this letter says. Because that's the thing. They don't believe they've done anything wrong. Still now, to this day, they think the fans have got it wrong. Yeah, but she she won't... I'm sure she won't stop her son, column. How long have we been banging on about that? How many times has that message got back to the board that is it's negative? She says it's her decision... And she's not well, that's fine, actually, that is. But to be Nothing fair, that is them. right. It is a decision and whatever. But then she can't complain when we all complain because we can see the damage it does to the club or, or how it rubs our noses up the wrong way. And that's what she's not thinking. That's selfishness, personal point of view and her bank account. That's yeah. not for the good of her the personal club. personal profile. Yeah, it's not for the good of yeah. the club. And if she's so concerned about her personal profile, she's done enough now. Take her profile and bugger off. Mm. She doesn't need West Ham anymore. <clears throat> football has given her. There you go, Karen. Well, you foot- heard it from John. Well, football's given off. her her profile. She's become a known person because of football. So she's used and ridden football as far as it can go. Get out of football now and get on with the rest of these careers that she's interested in. She's more interested in television and politics. Well, go and do it. Leave us behind now. Goodbye. Hold up, John. Thank you for... Hold up, hold up. We don't really want to run in the country, though, do we? Let's, <laughs> let's, you know, let's keep out of politics as well, please, Karen. Just London. Oh. She can be mayor of London. Take Baroness Greenback, you're having a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Um, the financial accounts are out this Wednesday. going to be published finally. Um, what will be in them? Well... Turnover around 180 million, which is going to be record. A profit, a net profit of 25 million. Um, the interesting thing is the actual increase from moving to the stadium, and, and I'm including ticket sales, merchandising, and everything, is just 9 million increase, which a lot of people will say 
why did we move? Um, there will be, I understand, a small payback of some of the interest on the loans, although the, the actual loans aren't being paid back, but we'll wait to see that. Um, the biggest amount of money has obviously come from the TV money. So, you know, they've, they've, um, we got uh, 80, what was it? Um, I'm just having a look here. We're getting 122 million last season from the TV money. That's up 35 million from the year before. So it's it's a massive increase. It's around about 44 million pound increase in turnover. But as I say, most of that is is TV money. Um, players' wages are about 50 percent, so about 93 million. That's increased. Um, agent fees 9.5 million. Well, so. But the, the biggest question is going to be, everybody says, where's the money? I mean, I wrote an article about this saying they might be um, profit rich, but they're cash poor. And the reason is, and, and most people don't want to hear this, I know, confident. is they, they they spend money up front and then they depreciate a number of years. So the £15 million pound they gave the London Stadium, they, they put in the books at £15,000 a year for the next 100 years. The £11 million they spent on the shop and refitting and West Ham vacation, they're, they're depreciating over 10 years. So it's £1.1 million. So it looks at where's all the cash gone? Well, they put it in there, but but probably layman people are not going to understand it and go, well, I don't understand where the money's gone. Well, the money hasn't gone in their pocket. A small amount of it has in interest payments. What's they've this, this they've reduced amount? their interest from 7% to 4%. Huh? I don't know until it's published. We 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 know on Wednesday, John. Um, but there's without a doubt. Uh, earlier this week, I published something on on uh, net spend, and of course, we made. If you look at 2017 to 18 season, we've made a net profit rather than having a net spend. It's a negative net spend. And, and the very lowest calculations are a £1 million. That's my calculation of the real figures I've been given of how much we've sold and bought players for. Some have argued and said it's as much as 11 But it's irrelevant in some ways. It's still a negative net spend, anyway, you, you, whether it be you £1 million, someone million, like million, I mean, they sold him back before I reckon yeah. they'd even paid for him. So you've got yeah, to they take You're right. like that into consideration. But we bought with with add-ons. We paid twenty three million pound for AU. We sold him for eight million, eighteen million uh, transfer fee, which is probably paid over three years, and another two million of add-ons, taking it to twenty. We're still yes. three million pound down. But they paid. If we look at fonts, that... he was sold for five million euros. It's four point three million. Paid three million. We paid eight million. Whether we finished paying off? Yeah, we but probably it, haven't finished it, paying off. Um, all uh, of it is is coming back to the point that. They're incompetent at what they do, which takes you all the way back to what the calm people are saying. We've got well, no is yeah, it, it is. incompetent, or is it they're not? Is it they're not prepared to put their own money in? And it, there's another story I wrote, which is, and a lot of people have been asking, how much money have they actually invested um, in? And and do you know what? They haven't really put any of their own money in for the last four years. Um, 2014 is the last time they put money in. Uh, And two days ago, I... Yeah. Whose fault was that then? Well, uh, it was... was Whose fault was that? So what they've done is... um, Well, um, their fault as well. But I'm just talking about investment. So I'm just going to tell you, 
Gold and Sullivan, when you add it up, have paid £86 million for their shares, of which £4 million went to the club, maybe more, and the other £82 million went straight to the Icelandics who own the shares. So that didn't come back to the club. Sullivan himself made a bank loan in 2013 for £6.7 million, which he's been repaid in full with interest in May 2016. And Gold and Sullivan in total, shareholder loans, have loaned £52.2 million to the club between 2011 and 2014, just that three-year period, and have accrued, and this is the last accounts, £12.3 million in interest. Last year, they paid themselves back £4.2 million in interest in August 2013. 16 that came out last year and the full balance isn't due to January 2020. Well, some people say, well, they've invested nothing in the club because they get it all back. You know, when they sell the club, they get their, they get a return and obviously they're getting their loans back with interest. But what that message really says is they haven't put any of their own money in for four years. They, they for whatever reason, they want West Ham to be a self-sustaining club and it generates its own profits and that it's got to invest within its own money and it won't be topped up by, by the owners. It's up for up to people to decide whether that's right or wrong. Do you think they should be putting more money in, John? Is, is that your point? I just think they... I've said a lot of things and haven't produced it because I haven't put the money well, in. Well, that's... Yeah, yeah, you're, so, you're right. You know, the only if you way make they, over embarrassing statements, yeah, the only yeah, way they, saying next level. The only way they can do what they said they were going to do is by investing. It's like I yeah. said earlier, you know, two, three seasons ago, we were competing with Liverpool. Now we're a million miles away. We haven't invested. Yeah. We, we, we couldn't I mean, invest. we should be honest. We can't invest. We can't, we can't match invest like Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, I, I accept that. And they haven't got the money to do it. And they haven't got the money to do I it. I accept that. So, I accept that fully. But also, don't pay eight million pound for Fonty. Put him on seventy thousand pound a week, and then sell him for five. You know, the what they have actually actually spent is you know where's our new head of recruitment? We well, you know, they are We've got a twenty-two or twenty-five or what, a twenty-seven-year-old or whatever. They are just not very good at running a football club. So what okay. they do actually spend. They spend it badly. They don't get any return on their investments because no one ever seems to want to buy the players they buy when they decide they're not good enough. And they seem to pay them too much money to come. So our wage bill's so high. So mm-hmm. they're just pretty rubbish at running a football club, aren't they? Yep. Okay. Last word from Nigel on, on the finances to you. How do you see it? Is it, is it a PR disaster for them? Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be. Let's, let's put it right because at the end of the day, the funny thing is we all want the club to make money because the only way for the club to progress is by earning more money. So we should be pleased the club's making more money. But the problem is, on one side, we're not making enough money to do what they said. They're not putting their own money in. And it's a vicious circle. Personally, it's two sides to this. People complain about the debt the club's in. The debt's now owed to Golden Sullivan. So the only way to get that down is for them to take money out of the club. They do that and people complain that they're asset stripping. Yeah. It is. You're right. It's a catch-22. They can't win now. Then you've got the... I I believe a football club should be self-sufficient and it shouldn't be bankrolled by owners and that it should generate its own money. I also think that your wage bill shouldn't be higher than 60% of your turnover. 
because that's how you get into the trouble like we got under the Icelandics. So in a way, you yeah. could argue that they're doing the right yeah. thing now. The problem for me then, allies, in what John says is, look at the players that they buy. It's like dad's army at times. We're buying 28, 29-year-olds that are going to be on the highest wages because they're at the peak of their career, but we're getting them at the peak as they're on the downward slope. We're not getting them at the bottom when we're on the upward slope. Yeah. My mate Dave Walker can bang on all he's like about these people, at least we're not a selling club. The reason we're not a selling club is nobody wants to buy the players we got. Yeah. So therefore, no if you look at Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. you know, without spitting, they, they, they've built their football club off of the back of Gareth Bow and the sale and the way they spent the money because they went through a period of buying young players in Europe and from other clubs and bringing them through and taking a gamble on the youngsters and it paid off and paid off and paid off. You know, they went to MK Dons and bought Delhi Alley. You know, so they've done it again, haven't they? You know, what, what are we doing? Yeah. We're paying yeah, 24 Rosen, million yeah. to Stoke for Marco Anatovic. Now, I'm not knocking Anatovic because he's going to be a great player and probably be the hammer of the year. But at the end of the day, he's at the peak. He's on a downward slope. When we sell him, we'll sell him for 10 million if we're lucky. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine. How old is he? Once a footballer, it's thirty. The value. Yeah. No, the value will slide. Yeah, I thought it was a bit and that's the problem. Look at all the signings that we made. Yeah. Uh, Chikorito, how old's he? 28, 29, 30. Joe Hart, 30. Sabalea, 32. Font, how old was Font? 34. You know, <laughs> I mean, and this is where John, this is where John's... Right, you're right, you're right. And it's hard to yeah. say that. And do you know what? It's their bed and they've got a lie in it and they can't win. As you say earlier, they announce more profits, they'd be sustainable. If they hadn't loaned the money and they borrowed it from a bank, no one would be moaning about it now. But it's too late. They can't win. 
if if they pump more money, unless they just put loads of money, in, but they should put they, they, do. they should do. You know, when you buy a club like they did our club, and all they kept saying about was how big the debt was. I should clear the debt. They said they're going to clear the debt. Then you would think if they're that wealthy, these people clear the debt. Start from like now. Right, yeah. we've had, we've had to put forty five million now in of our own money. We've cleared the debt. Now we're going to be self sustainable. Now we're going to have to operate. I suppose they don't want to clear the debt only because they own it. If they did have 100% of the club, they might because it's all theirs. But they don't want to give a free ride to the other um, 14% of the shareholders, the, the 4% owned by Brown and the Harris family and the 10% owned by Trip Smith. Yeah, but they, they've um, chosen these. Why should they have Yeah, but they've chosen these people to join the board. Yeah, that, you're right. You're no, right, right. Brown's back in. Not a lot of people realise that he's back in, but he's there. You know, these... Yeah, he's, and he's free he's, ticket with his gates in his garden. Yeah, well they've, yeah, yeah. But they they've chosen to bring these anyway. people back in, so it's to everyone's benefit that the club's self-sustainable, doing well because it hasn't got yeah. to keep worrying about this debt. So pay the forty off and clear the debt, start from zero, yeah. and now we'd be self-sustainable. My calculation: eighty million pounds net. Uh, transfer spend over four years. That's 20 million a year. I think in the current Premier League, that's not enough. But I'll, I want to move on. When the finances do come out, I'll be running an article on both West Ham Till I Die and currently you. So I'll be analysing the accounts um, as they come out, both good so and bad. Quick can't wait then, Sean, all on, on all of that. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what is actually happening about this new player recruiting and what is, is this... Stuff. I think some of them come out and said, about, "Is he going to come and is he going to step back off at all this now?" Well, um, well, first of all, they're trying to get through to the summer, so they've put this youngster in who was the first team performance um, analyst who came from where did he come from? Ipswich or, or somewhere? I can't remember. I did an article on him. Um, so he's a youngster; he's in his twenties. So he's been put in temporary charge. I don't know, call him a head of recruitment, but he's been put in charge until the summer. They're obviously going to try and recruit someone, a new head of recruitment. Well, they need to be doing that now, whether it be all the summer, don't they? Yeah, well, I'm sure they are, but they, what I'm saying is a new head of recruitment probably won't start. I mean, I don't know what everything's going on because I've, I've taken a step back from it, as you know, and I've told you, you know, I don't, I don't talk to the board. So, you know, why would I know these things? Um, but I understand that they're trying to recruit um, for to start in the summer, and you know, if they want someone good, he's probably on notice, or she. Um, so, I think they're going to try and completely change things, ready for the summer, and and the, you know, the look over the summer when the transfer in time for when the transfer window opens again. Um, as for uh, whether it take a step back, I know, and it, it's quite open that David Sullivan has not been very well. And he wants to take more of a back seat. Uh, he, my understanding is, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't really want people discussing it. So I think we should respect uh, that and 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 not discuss his wellness. But I think maybe it's time for him to take a a, a bit more of a back seat because I know he finds the whole um, transfer window very stressful. Look, the thing that's a noose around their neck is this top-level statement. They they must regret ever well, saying it. The problem they, for me that they don't understand is that to go on to the next level, you don't spend the same money as what Liverpool or Man United and Arsenal and Chelsea in the next level. You've got to spend more than yeah. them. And that's why I long argued 
five, six years. It ain't ever going to happen because we're never going to have that money. Yeah. Never. I, I think you're right. I think they've got to come out and say it was overly ambitious. Um, in reality, it's so difficult to catch up with the others because they the more they get, the more they spend, and you're never going to catch but, them because the more you earn and the more you spend, the more they earn yeah, and they but you, spend. You, you can also look at it, right, we, we were overambitious, this was a scene, but what we are going to do is this, and they could then present yeah. a way forward how we're going to try. You know, I, well, I mean, go and buy... England won the World Cup and whatever. There are so many different levels this summer. We're going to take three or four of these youngsters, put them in our first team squad. We're going to give them the opportunity, you know, something, you know, present us with something. Do it, go about it a different way. I mean, we all know Leicester did it. Fluky, uh, never going to happen again, maybe. I don't know. But it was probably down to clever recruitment. Really good, yeah. Really good scouting and a bit of luck, yeah. A bit, and a of, bit luck. of luck, you know, and, and the other scouting, teams. good management, yeah. or some, you know, something clicked. You just, you, but you need to have the basis there in the first place, and we haven't got that. But it's funny that you say about Leicester and clever recruiting. Uh, the bloke yeah, recruiting those yeah, players is now at Everton. I know. I know. <laughs> and look I know. at the best they made. <laughs> anyway, just, we we we're, we're, we're going to move on. Um, as I say, articles will come out and we'll see where we are. I want to move on to Bobby Moore because we're in the week of Bobby Moore. I, I published our Bobby Moore special from five years ago. That's how long we've been doing a podcast when we spoke to Norman Giller, who was a journalist friend of his, and Sir Trevor Brookin. Uh, so that a lot of people were listening to that this week. Do you remember that yeah. one, John? Yeah. Five years yeah. ago? Um, and obviously, there were the T-shirts. Um on, on there and and they, they uh, Anfield and and celebrated that way and and they've got a number they've got an exhibition at the shop at the moment um, and they've got a number of events on the tenth of March which happens to be the same days of protest I know some conspiracy theorists will say well it's very convenient but I think if if I'm going to be fair to him on this it was announced at the beginning of the season and on the program so you know they can't change the nearest home game. Uh, to Bobby Moore's uh, tribute uh, or, or um, anniversary of his death. I know you did something that was seen by um, David Gold and was retweeted. Um, a memory of, of Bobby Moore. Did you, I can't remember. Have you? Did you ever meet him? Did you ever watch him play, Nigel? Yeah, I saw him play for Fulham. All right, okay. Funny enough. But I was there to watch George Best because George Best was my hero as a kid. So, um so it was it was only years later I discovered that Bobby Moore was playing in the same game with Rodney Marsh. So I, mean, I remember him at West Ham. I remember his shop across the road. Um, my uncle um, would tell me stories. He was friends with Redknapp and Lampard and used to associate with him in the Black Lion pub. Bobby Moore would be there. And I would say, you know, Bobby Moore, it, it, he, he never really um, spoke a lot. And he says, you know, he can only remember having two conversations with him. The fact that he, he was in his company quite often, though, was enough for him. So, yeah, I mean, I did. I, I, I found loads of stuff. I collect West Ham videos and clips that I'd saved up, tweeted them out and did one of them memories or whatever they call them on Twitter. I'd never done one before where I group them all together and they can all be seen. David Gold picked up, I think it was a song, from a man I've since discovered I think he went by the name Bubbles or something and used to sing these songs 
I think Sean, you put all of his songs on YouTube. I did, yeah. Enough years ago. This is where they that's came where from. Um, and and yeah. the person, when you saw that, that's where it came from. I, I um, and someone else put it on a video, yeah. a longer video, yeah. to tribute to Bobby Moore. And all I did was crop the song because yeah. I thought it's a good song and it's a good video. Yeah. And then David Gold see it, retweeted it, called it great, and then my phone didn't shut yeah. up, and it's still pinging now, thank And then you retweeted it. and Yeah, I, I, I now know what XWH employee goes through <laughs> on a daily basis. My phone did not shut up pinging. I had to put it on silent. But no, it's it was all about, you know, the thing with the club is it's good to do this. For me, though, He's not the only player, though, is yeah. he? I'm not saying sometimes, he don't deserve yeah. it. But sometimes we forget that football is a team game yeah. and you still need all the yeah. other players as well and that we should remember a lot more of the other players rather than just the same ones. Yeah. No, you've got a good point. Um, I, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I met Bobby twice, both in Surrey. No. Yeah. The first. Hang on, let me guess. I don't remember you telling me this, but it wasn't something to do with a train station. You yeah, that was the second one. So the first time I met him was when my brother was, was in the summer soccer school, Bobby Moore's summer soccer school in Tolworth, Surrey, in what was the Decker Sports Ground. It's now Goals, I think, in, in Tolworth, Surrey. And he was running the soccer school. Uh, and uh, my brother was, was – and I came along. And my dad went, oh, I have a picture taken with Bobby Moore. I didn't know who he was. I was youngster at the time. And and I had my picture taken with Bobby Moore. And it's one of my treasured pictures now. It meant nothing to me at the time. Shook his hand, you know, hello, Bobby Moore, yeah. Because um, he was my dad. Did your brother have his picture done? My brother. Did your brother yeah, have yeah. a picture done as well? Yeah, even though he's a Chelsea fan. Oh. And then, yeah. um, and I mean, he had his picture taken with all of them. It was one of those things. He didn't take training all week. It was his name. He turned up at the beginning, talked to them all, and came at the end for the presentation. That was, I think, what, what Bobby did. And then the other time was Isha Station. So uh, there was a, a paper stand my, my dad owned that I used to work for occasionally. And, um, and I used to occasionally cover it. And Bobby Moore was a was for a small amount of time living in Isha when he first um, moved in with Stephanie. They were staying in a rented flat in Isha. And at the time, and this will date it, he was manager at Southend. And he used to get the train uh, from Isha to Southend. And he'd always get the same thing. He would get a pack of polos, because often he had a few <laughs> booze, and, and, a, and a Times. He read the Times. And a pack of polos. There you go. Used to buy the same thing. Always a nice gent. Always had time for people. Wasn't really chatting, real big personality. But, you know, always had time for people who, who would, you know, say hello or your Bobby or, you know, can I give an autograph, etc. So there you go. Twice I met Bobby. Twice in Surrey. God rest his soul. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, David Moyes. Been rumoured that he's going to be offered in two years if he stays up. I just wanted to quickly ask you: Has he has he impressed enough to get two years if he keeps us up, John? Uh, yes, that's quickly enough, is it, Nigel? I thought you had a two and a half year deal. Well, with a break clause, but they've still got a both to agree. Oh. Should should I'm asking you yeah. personally: Should he stay? I I wouldn't be disappointed if if he stayed. Then again, I wouldn't be disappointed <laughs> if he left. 
<laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Sitting right on the fence there. Okay. Well, you know, there are better managers out there than David Moyes, but David Moyes at the moment is, I think, a good man to steady the ship while we try and figure out where the bloody hell we're okay. going and what type right. of football. You're not sure. Given the, the turmoil yeah. of the club, he, he seems to be a steady hand at the moment. So, Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. All right. uh, obviously, um, Bilic came out yesterday on a BBC interview and said um, he should have gone after the second season. Very honest of him to say that. Do you, did you listen to that interview, John? And, and I have haven't listened to it yet, Sean. So I saw what you trans- transcribed. But Nigel? Yeah, he seems a very honest man. He basically said he started with a handicap on the third season. He, it wasn't zero. He, he sort of says, I was minus and the, the away games and people didn't were injured and had surgeries, you know, on hindsight, it's not excuses. It's not alibis. I I was just hampered. Um, what I took out of that comment about that he should have gone after year two was his probably was his working relationship with the owners. That's what I took out. He didn't say that. Really I mean, if you listen to no, the... I don't say that, but what I'm saying is, you know, the, when people give interviews like that, they're still going to be a bit guarded. They're not going to open up. You never know the real truth. And read, I'm, I am reading between the lines here, but I'm guessing that he'd probably had enough of the owners. The yeah. funny thing about Billich is, even when he was manager in the first season, he always was saying in interviews how difficult the move's going to be, how difficult for the players. And he was bang on the money. Yeah. He, he did say, you know, on the second season, it was tough to move. And I was really proud of the second season. He said, we broke all the records in the first season. The second season, I was really proud because we had to move. We had, had injuries. We had surgeries. And we still, I was really pleased, you know. I wouldn't swap it for the first I mean, season. The, we did to so finish well. 11th, I think we moved up three spots beating Burnley last game of the season. Yeah. Now, you yeah, know did. the prize money by beating Burnley away. Yeah, that's two million a place. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, he, you know, he did the West Ham Business Club. He mm. did West Ham Business Club better than most managers have done in our time in the Premier League. Seventh and eleventh finish. The prize money you get for that. Yeah, yeah. So agreed. All right. Moving on. Uh, quick thing on Supporters Club. Uh, there was a petition, um, a vote of no confidence. We've been trying to promote the Supporters Club. All of us here on more than just a podcast use the Supporters Club in in Stour Place. Uh, we want it to carry on. It's going through a bit of turmoil, which has been well publicised. We had a petition. There is a um, committee meeting this Thursday, and we're hoping that we can get some progress, Nigel. I know you're a big supporter of the Supporters Club as well, that hope after 70 years it can still continue. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, if you think West Ham's in chaos, Jesus Christ, the Supporters <laughs> Club's even worse. It's like... It's an embodiment of West Ham. It is, isn't First it, really? Hand, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen First Hand a committee meeting. Oh, yeah, you went uh, to a committee meeting. Which is, yeah, the first Tuesday of every month is a committee meeting. And having seen First Hand what, what went on, the, the best thing to do is to get a new committee and to run it. Because yeah. for me, that committee is just non-functioning. And this is yeah. why the committee is in a mess. They took their eye off the ball. I'm not going to throw yeah. stunts at people before or the people now. The, the eye yeah. got took off the ball. They had six years knowing that club was moving, and they'd done, in my opinion, they'd done nothing about it. And we're in dire straits now. And a bit of me thinks, do you know what? Shut it down and start again might be easier. That's what I think. 
So if you if you want to follow the campaign, I think there's a, a Twitter account, Save Our Supporters Club, or something like that. Is that on Twitter? Yeah, like on that, Twitter and on Facebook, I think. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? It's Save Our S U Double P Club, and if you or if you search Save Our Supporters Club W H U. Uh, you'll find it and, and find out the 243 people, members that voted and a vote of no confidence and what's going on. And hopefully um, we'll get some progress and save the club because we've got nowhere else to go at the moment, have we? At the moment, we have that's our regular match day haunt. Um, so anyway, we're update on that when we know a bit more. So let's move on to this. Yes, it's Facebook, Twitter, question time. Luke Stoneman straight in. I just put some tools in my shed. My shed is bloody cold. How's yours, Nigel? Wouldn't know. I'm not in it. <laughs> yeah, not time to be here. Nick Harvey says, West Ham Groups United, in my view, is a good idea. Sadly, about six or seven years too late. Our march, as I'm completely done with the lies from the current board. It's a shame the current level of passion wasn't shown back in 2011, 2012. Um, Liverpool was as expected, one of the best attacking sides versus one of the worst defensively. I think Moyes got the team selection and tactics wrong. If Moyes gets us top 12, I'll give him another two years. Simply, as I think we're unlikely to get significantly better, I think the board have broken many promises. Here's my list, and he, he provides a link to a list. Uh, it's not an exhaustive list. For me, Bobby encapsulates everything that makes West Ham special. Captain, hero, legend, always remembered. Uh, he seems Nick seems to support your view. When you started Hugh's view, no one came along six or seven years too late. You must feel a bit bitter, Nigel. Yeah. I think I think that's a word that's pretty good yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, Douglas uh, Woodhurst says, it's good to see Antonio back running and pace and scoring. Only thing worth mentioning about Saturday, I guess it was that. Uh, some important games coming up. I think we'll scrape one point at Swansea and three points against Burnley and just about stay up, but it's going to be so tight. Do, do you think it's going to be tight? Yeah, it's going to be tight. What do you think? <laughs> well, three think points. Three off. points. <laughs> I think. I think. No, I think. Yeah, I don't think it will be tight. I think um, others have got a worse run in, uh, and I think we're finished. We haven't got a great run in. Twelve four. I still think we're doing enough. I don't think it's going to be tight. I don't think it's going to be squeaky bum time. I, I might be right. Louis Annentrout says, "Lose on Saturday." And with our running, I can see us going down exactly against what I just said. Uh, AU to score the winner this weekend and a hippo head to relegate us on the final day. Are we playing him on the on Everton on the final day? Saturday just shows how far behind we are from the top seven and how Adrian made a mistake for the third goal. Time to be dropped and replaced. So, so I'm going to ask Nigel the first one. Uh, he made a mistake on Saturday. Should uh, Hart come back in? For Swansea? No, no. Because Hart's not going to hang around, is he? At the end of the no. day. Even he's if going, we don't go down. I've been told he's definitely going. Yeah. So, uh, John, no. AU to score. AU's paid £18 million from him. He's hardly played anything. Guess what? Swansea don't know where to play him, a bit like us. 
Yeah, Are they you put him up front winner? on Saturday, weren't they? Go and have a go. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Joan Rutherford says, I hope Moyes plays Hernandez as his goals along with Arnes could keep us up. West Brom are goners. Huddersfield will probably be relegated. So which team will join them? It's too close to call. I do think we will survive, though, and I like Moyes and the way he manages. I think we will best send uh, Swansea too. Optimism is the best possibly. Come on, you irons. Gary Print says, many fans said it was good when we lost the cup matches to concentrate on the league games. Would these fans suggest, uh, what would these fans suggest we do in three weeks' time when we've got no fixtures now in March? Well, I think we've got at least one fixture in March because we've got Burnley. Uh, I don't know. Got Nigel? a friendly with Dagenham, haven't we? I mean, come on. Oh, yes. There you uh, go. Good Thanks good to the FA Cup being knocked out, you know. Dagenham yeah. wouldn't have that injection of cash from the West Ham fans. Yeah. Go to Dagenham. There you go. Go to Dagenham. There you go. Uh, Spencer Gordon says, Fort Moyes should have gone for it when we scored and had some decent momentum. Hernandez should have come on when we scored and had some pressure. Moyes always waits too long. John, does he wait too long to make a change? Um, I can't say. I've noticed that as a trait. Though. I, uh, I, I can't okay. say he, has, he does wait too long, Sean, though. Okay. Gary Prince says, we need three wins to stay up. Which three of the last tens do you see us winning? Nigel, can you pick three games we can win? Southampton at home. Yeah. Um, Everton at home, the way they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I reckon we could probably nick points against um, Burnley. And then I, I think we could get a point against Swansea away as well. I mean, we've only got four away games, haven't we? Which is Leicester... It's the last away game. We've got Arsenal, Chelsea and Swansea. So it could save us the fact we played three away games at the start. Now we've got the Southampton. Yeah, yeah, we have. We have got a lot of away. So, yeah. Okay. Lee Peffer says, critical period of games. Because it is a, it's a fortress, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, Lee Peffer says, a critical uh, period of games coming up. Would 10 points in 10 games be enough? I'm not sure we need 10 points, personally. I think we only need seven. 37 should be safe. Um, so I think we need about seven points. But you say that, if you say that, there's only three points between us I and understand, the bottom three. I'm saying 37 will be enough so, to go. Uh, argue me with the end of the season whether 37 was enough or not, John. That's all I'll say. Okay. I'll say it could be more. It could be one of those, we went down with 42 Yeah, well, then months, you can go, Sean, sure. you're an absolute idiot. We'd have gone down with... And you got that wrong. Oh, if say, we'd have won that last time. game, we'd have still gone down. We'd have gone down with 44 points that year because that goal yeah, difference was that bad. So that was a freak. And finally, Ed Hughes says, I can't imagine how anyone thought listening to the owners, uh, sorry, likening the owners to Hitler was a good idea. And we, we have discussed that, Ed. Um, I think John said it was misguided. Um, and obviously, Nigel gave his views as, as a, a proper East End geezer. Um that's all we have time for. Uh, on, I've, got, I've got a couple here. I've got a couple here. Oh, what, on on, uh, on Twitter? On Twitter. Go on then. Paul Turner. The banner at Liverpool. Oh. Gallows humour is a long-held British tradition and Hitler's been used in humour for as long as I can remember. People doing that are not endorsing either the evils of fascism or crimes of the Nazis to claim otherwise. is totally ridiculous. 
So a bit different from me, and Paul's a local boy like myself. So, mm-hmm. and um, the other message was, if I find it, the fact that um, at least we won in at Wembley in the League Cup, unlike Arsenal. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, <laughs> let's move on to predictions for Swansea away. Uh, trains aren't running to Wales, which is probably lucky because none of us are going. Um, Nigel. <laughs> Don't worry about all the others that are going, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 2,000 that are going. Uh, ooh. Uh, one all. One all. One all. Uh, John. 2-1 to us. Which leaves me with my favourite 1-0 prediction. So I'll go for a 1-0 against Swansea in Wales. Um, that's all we've got time for. The only thing I wanted to plug, because we all loved it, we want you. We're going to put a, a, a link on um, uh, on our Facebook group, which is uh, facebook.com slash more than just a podcast, with two O's, obviously, for Bobby Moore. Um, Canning Town Len has come out with an excellent video called Razzle Dazzle. And and you've you found it first, John, and told us about it. I keep on playing it again and again. I've I have watched it, it a few times. It is really good. I've, I've shown, I've shown it's it's plenty of people it? as well. It's good. Yeah. Excellent. Did you, did you like it? Jo- um, um, Nigel, George, whatever your name is. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Um, loved it. People, more so, to come, isn't Canning it? Town Pair, please. I can I point out, I am not Canning Town, Lynn. Um, you are not Canning Town, Lynn. Have, <laughs> have they? Uh, yeah, and he's got some other blinders coming. That's all I'll say. Yeah, there's a whole musical coming, but we're not allowed to reveal it yeah, at this stage. Some um, I've heard one. Anyway, uh, that's 59 minutes gone, and we said we're going to keep these under an hour, so that's it. It's it's goodbye from me, Sean. It's goodbye from John. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from the shed, man. Not in his shed. Goodbye, Nigel. Goodbye, Pinocchio. Oh, shocking. Come on, you irons. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 